Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. So he calls me up in the last hour, in the last day. He's like, Whitney, I, I can't find it. Um, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to say. You know, I know I left you with Luna and you're pregnant and I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I was like, Aaron, this is not an option. You're going to go back out there and you're going to find it. If that means you don't, you don't come home for two months, you're staying there until you find it. So either you find it at the Canton Fair or you go find it somewhere else. You went there to China to find it. Don't come back until you find it. Whitney Cordovez, welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. You are selling $75 million a year on Amazon with your brand Zule that you and your husband Aaron launched in 2015. It is an honor to have you on today to discuss this extraordinary accomplishment. Oh, thank you so much, Joie. You know, that is extremely uh, kind of you to say, and it's an honor to be on your podcast as well. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Yes. And achieving that status of top 100 seller on Amazon, I mean, that is just huge, like such an accomplishment. Can you give us some insights into some key decisions or maybe like one key decision that contributed to Zule Kitchen's remarkable growth on Amazon? I would say from the beginning, it has a lot to do with the team. So once you once you need to start scaling, it has it has everything to do with um, systematizing things and um, making checklists and um, having the functions for every single part of your organizing chart fully nailed down so that you're able to actually expand. If you don't have that all nailed down, then you're going to contract or you're going to stay the same because it's virtually impossible to scale if you don't have basic organizational structure in place. Um, so that was the one of the number, that's really the number one thing um, on scaling, at least for us. And yeah, that's a really good point. Hiring the correct people. Yes, because you you need to grow. So it's like you have to be completely organized. And I'm right when you said that, I was looking back to my Amazon business that I built and sold. And maybe that was one of the things is why I wanted to sell is because it was growing so quickly that I felt like it was so unorganized. Oh, yeah. So that happens for sure. That happens with like you, you, what you just said. It's the majority of people. The majority of people have that issue. And the thing is, Aaron and I are very lucky because we have strengths and weaknesses, both of us, right? We are a team in growing our company. And Aaron is my, is my husband, but he's also my business partner. And we work full on together, both in the business. So his strength is more the dreamer, and uh, he's a, extremely a genius in regards to Amazon ads and also um, optimizations of listings. Like he'll do listing teardowns like you've never seen before, if you haven't seen them before. Um, but I'm an organizational person, so I'm the person that made it so that we could actually um, expand and scale. And if, if I wasn't in the picture, which we tried it many times, because, you know, when you have a child, you, you step out of the company for a little bit and then you come right. back. Right. So I try to step out of the company and then not go back. 
And then that <laughs> never worked. And things would start collapsing. So then I had to go back. So anyways, it's a lot about organizing. Oh, you have job security in your own home as a mom and as Aaron's business partner with Zule. I love it. <laughs> so talking about that, while you were building this business, you you were actually pregnant or had just had a baby when you and Aaron made the the quick decision to learn how to sell on Amazon and then actually launch. So bring me back to you know, kind of the the beginning of Zule Kitchen. And that must, I'm just picturing kind of a crazy time where, you know, you're navigating Amazon and you're navigating, you know, your growing family. Oh my gosh, that was really an intense time, I would say. And I would have called that time period called, that would be called sacrifice mode. Um, we were in sacrifice mode. There was no vacations. There was no Netflix, there was no TV, it was all grind. And from basically my our first daughter was born eight, eight and a half years ago. So we launched Amazon um, about at this point, eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually when we launched. And that was a lot of uh grinding and he was he was uh working his 9 to 6 and then he was doing self betterment things uh nights and weekends so then it was every single night from like let's say 10:30 p.m. until 1 a.m. on Amazon learning and watching the videos and tutorials of how to sell on Amazon and then sourcing the product and going on Alibaba, sourcing, picking it. And then we had a whole checklist of how we we're going to test it against the top competitors. And which, you know, cause we had five different variations of products that we, that we chose and we had the top competitor and we wanted to test ours against the top competitor. And that's one of the things that I think that we did that gave us a bit of a, a benefit over others because that, wasn't necessarily said to do in the course, but that was Aaron, Aaron's brilliance. And then I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. And he gave me the task. And then I would, he literally had me, the first product was a lemon squeezer. I had to measure the yield for each lemon squeezer. I love literally, it. how much each lemon squeezer would give the juice, like how much juice would come it. out of that lemon squeezer. That is like love for a product. You guys measuring how much juice you could get out of a lemon. And the lemon varies, right? Because it's like a lemon, a lime. I don't know if you squeeze both, but it could be a big one. You had to like mark, is it big? Is it little? Did you weigh the lemons? I had to, it was, I had to say big, small, medium, the size for sure. Like you're completely accurate. I had to do lemons. I had to do limes. He even mentioned oranges. And I was like, Aaron, I tried the oranges. It doesn't. The orange barely even fits, so it would be skewed. That is amazing. Yeah, well, that's love going into your product. Yes, yeah, for sure. Because we wanted to have a, a superior, like a, a very good product for the customers. So, yeah. And that was your first product, and you're still selling that exact product, right? That's right. Yeah, today we're still selling it. Going strong. And that's your kid. You Would know, you that call that actually your... that product is actually kind of a an interesting story. Uh about four year three years later when Aaron quit his job, about 
six weeks after that, we had a, a notice that we were a pat we were infringing on a patent and we didn't know at that oh, no. time. But what happened is that the company that had the patent had sold their company to a, a bigger company, a conglomerate. And this conglomerate had a legal, um, a legal counsel. And they were going through all the documents and they found out that, oh, this is a, this is a patent. And they looked on Amazon and they were about, they were literally, they were going to sue us. And we were one week before the court date, actually two days before the court date, we met with them in New York and we settled it out. But if, we listened to our lawyers. We would not be here today. They said so to shut our it lawyers down. told us not to contact, not to contact the 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 actual people that were suing us. They said let the let let the lawyers handle it. We had done that for about two months. It was going nowhere, and it was about three weeks before the actual no two weeks before the um the court date. We were like shitting our pants because I was now six months pregnant with the second kid, Aaron just quit his job. Okay. After three years. Right. And we're about to lose everything. If we go to court, we're, we're done. We would have nothing. And, um, so Aaron, Aaron decided to like contact, like send through LinkedIn messages to every single person that he could find in that company. And finally, one of the people knew the owner's son and then they got us hooked up and it was all settled out. And you flew to New York to sit down with them? Yeah. And it was extremely amicable. What was happening was that oh. their lawyers were telling them that we were not necessarily, that we weren't good people and that we should just take them down and la la la. We weren't, we were just like hmm. testing them. And then our lawyers were telling us that you know, they're never going to take you down. They've never once actually taken somebody to litigation. They're just bluffing and, you know, but they were actually going to do it. So I'm just giving this story because you don't always want to listen to what the lawyers say. You also have to follow your own intuition. If we hadn't, we wouldn't be here today. Yes, that is such good advice. And that's scary. Yeah, you do need to listen to your intuition. You know, it's interesting. I had on um, a past episode with Daniel Raphael from the Lion Group, and he yeah. he was like big into resell, reselling and brands. And he explained that it like exactly what you were saying. The best thing to do is just go talk to the brand owner, go talk to the patent owner yourself instead of doing stuff through the lawyers. And like, here you are, you were living proof of that exact situation. Right. So true. So true. I wish I had listened to that guy way back then. <laughs> so how did you come back from that? I mean, early on, you're selling, you're excited, there's highs that you have these sales coming in, then you get hit with this potential gnarly lawsuit and that could have actually destroyed your entire business. Like, how did you come back from that? Okay, so, you know, it just makes it just made us stronger. I can tell you that for sure. Like that showed us that we had a massive weakness and that gave us actually more passion and more energy to push even harder. I am not kidding. Like after that it. happened, I was six months pregnant and we were about to fuck we were about to lose everything. I was like, I am not this is not happening. So then about I guess at that point, um I was seven and a half months pregnant and Aaron came up to me, he's like, Whitney. I'm going to go to China. Okay. 
So when I was eight months pregnant, he went to China, right? <laughs> so that would have been two months after that litigation cycle, that little litigation thing went down, right? Um, and I was like, okay, the reason why I was agreeing to that is because we had just almost lost everything. And yeah. I, and there was a specific product that we had been looking for already for the past like eight months. And we hadn't been able to find it on Alibaba. And we had already tested many different variations and none of them were actually of, of adequate quality. So we had, there was no other option. We had to go to China. And, um, so then I was like, okay, let's do it. I was, so I stayed home obviously with the, the two and a half, almost three year old at the time. And he, and he went to China, uh, for 10 days. And, um, this is another little story on the last, he went to the Canton fair. All right. In October. And yeah. Do you know this story? No, I don't. I just know the Canton fair. It's in October. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Did Aaron already tell you this? No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically he went to the Canton fair. Um, and he was been looking, 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 looking for this product. It was our milk frother and he, he couldn't find it. Every single day he would call me, Whitney, you know, I didn't find it yet. I was like, okay, babe, I'm sure you'll, you'll find it. Keep going. And then literally it was the last day in the last hour, more than half the booths were already closed up and all of, and the people were closing like by the minute. Right. So he calls me up in the last hour and the last day. He's like, Whitney, I, I can't find it. Um, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to say. You know, I know I left you with Luna and you're pregnant and I'm so sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I was like, Aaron, this is not an option. You're going to go back out there and you're going to find it. If that means you don't, you don't come home for two months, you're staying there until you find it. So either you find it at the Canton Fair or you go find it somewhere else. You went there to China to find it. Don't come back until you find it. And then he was like, okay, okay, Whitney, I'm going to go find it. So, um, basically it was the last booth in, in a row, the last booth, the guy was already closing up and, and he, and he spoke to them and he was like, oh my gosh, you, they, they have it. They had, the, they had the frother. Wow. So that just shows you, you know. And this is actually true for, I've seen this many times, is when things get hard, people tend to retract. And if mm -hmm. you would just, instead of retract, you push harder, you strike gold. And that's what happens. And unfortunately, it's a normal human behavior to withdraw rather than push harder, right? It's same thing with workouts and, and fitness. Right now, I'm handling my own stuff on that again. but. It's the same thing. It, it works in every area of life. Yeah, I love that you brought up fitness because I'll always tell our students at AMZ Insiders like, hey, do you watch the fitness videos and get fit or do you do the work with the videos? And it clicks with them. Oh, okay, right. So I come to the trainings and then I implement. So you can always bring it back to like, fitness. Cause it's kind of, everybody can kind of understand that, right? You can't just yeah. get fit overnight and same with Amazon. It takes a lot of dedication. And I love that you just said that you strike gold when it gets hard and you push and you push through it. Yeah. Thanks. I love that. 
So you launched the milk frother and you had the lemon squeezer. And so now you were really building your whole kitchen brand. And this was still, I'm not going to say like the Wild West days of Amazon, but it was still pretty early because it were probably around like 20, 2018 around this point. And so what was you, it sounds like you launched the frother because you didn't want the squeezer to kind of be your own, the only hero product. And then take me through the journey of launching more products. So actually we had already launched about 10, uh, seven other products as well. Some of them, well, some of them didn't. Um, one of them was a smooth edge can opener and, um, I think we even had, um, a zester, but we we would always be like looking for more and more products uh, so that we could scale and get bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. One of the things at that time, which I don't even know if it's still true today because I'm not so much into the technicalities of, um, I, I don't think we do this anymore, but frequently bought together. So that was a shoe in way to, to know if we should buy something or source something. Um that's but a good anyway. tip you just gave there. That's a really good tip. Yeah, when you're looking to sell something else um, or a complement product or a bundle or anything, yeah, look at frequently bought together. And Amazon usually puts like one or two uh, more products in there. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good tip. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. So now, how, so now how many products do you have? Bring us back to today. Okay, so today we have around 320 parent ASINs, and then we have a total of probably 1,030 total SKUs, Um, but that's because of the parent and children, right? So there's lots of variations. And bring me to the organization of all of this. So you're a mom, you are COO is what it sounds like your title would be. And you've got how many people on your team? At this time, we have about 65. Yeah. So locally, I think we're around, we did have about 30 people locally, but recently we just split our warehouse and just have to be separate. Um, It's a different LLC now for um, legal reasons. As you scale and as you grow. There's legal reasons why it would be making sense to separate that. So we actually have our own fulfillment center um, if we want to do FBM, but mainly that's to fulfill for all of the marketplaces because we also now um, are diversifying. We have our own website and we like Shopify, obviously. A lot of people know what that is, Um, but we also sell on Walmart. Um, We were selling, I think we're getting onto Wayfair, right, Yvonne? We are, yeah. Yeah, we're in Wayfair. Um, so tell me about um, Walmart. How's Walmart going? It's okay. You know, we, we're we just, we're babies still compared to Amazon. We we haven't fully nailed it out, like dialed in and figured it out. We need to probably put more um, energy into it to to figure out how to make it grow. Because to me, Walmart is one of the biggest untapped resources that we have right now. But honestly, I feel like every single area of my company has an unlimited potential. So I literally had a meeting with with my whole team, uh, not last Friday, but the Friday before that. And I went through every single person's job and how 
from their job alone, we could literally increase the profit margins of the company by two times or even, and, 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 and it was incredible doing that because not every, not every single person in the company knows what each other are doing at every single moment of the day. So it was interesting to see the feedback between our uh, team, team uh, members here of how valuable it was to know what, what Joe is doing compared to what is Mary doing and how what Mary does could actually increase profit. And maybe Mary didn't even know that what she did could actually increase profit if it was gotten to a specific viable level, right? But anyways. There's always room for improvement in every area. Nobody's perfect. If, if, if everybody was perfect, then this planet would be a much better place than it is right now. It'd be so boring, though. We love the mistakes and the bumps in the road to success. That's what entrepreneurship is. Yes, always. <laughs> yeah. And okay, so you're, you're figuring out Walmart. You might launch on Wayfair. And then let me ask you also about international. We're already on Wayfair. Sorry. Oh, you're on Wayfair. Awesome. Congrats on that. Wayfair is awesome. And then what about um, like global, like international markets? So we are, we are an international, um, but this is relative because we're babies on international compared to our US. And, um, but we are also in Canada. We are in UK. Uh, Germany and Australia. Very cool. I love it. But 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 Europe is really there's a lot of like little fine detail legal things and paperworks and it's different than the U.S. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys get help to expand? I've had um, Pearl from Frisbee on and a couple others who we've talked about global expansion and. I I did go a little bit out of the US when I was selling, but I looking back, I'm like, maybe I should have like signed up with a global company to help me. No, we don't. We don't have a global company. Which one did you say? Frisbee, Pearl. She's um Pearl Osh. She was on the on this podcast. Her episode is phenomenal. And she really inspired me to build a brand to go international and and use Frisbee. So yeah, check her out. Wow. Listening, check out that episode. She did a phenomenal job explaining how it works. Um, yeah, okay. so check, check her out. And then let's talk about who influenced you. I know um, I'm a big Grant Cardone fan, and I've seen on your social that you and Aaron are as well. So can you tell me just a little bit about like how maybe Grant Cardone influenced you or other inspiration? Sure. So really, Aaron was really obsessed with uh, Grant Cardone since, since forever, actually. And I was very like, okay, Aaron, you can do, you can, that's okay for you. Um, until, until things changed and I, I can tell you what happened. But so he would, he would, we lived in, um, California in Alameda. It's a little Island about 45 minutes away from the, from the city, San Francisco. East and Bay. he would commute on the, what? In the East Bay, right? That's right. Yes. Are you from California? Are you from that area? I, I grew up in San Diego and then I lived and worked in San Francisco in television news for about like six, seven years. So I know San Francisco Bay area pretty well. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. Yeah. Amazing. It's a small world. 
Okay, wait, continue your story where you, I feel like you're about to tell me you met Grant Cardone or something. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Aaron was just listening every single day, like on audio, on replay, be obsessed uh, or be average. Like literally every day, be obsessed or be average, be obsessed or be average. Like all the time, the 10X rule, the next, and then he would just do this on repeat. And then, um, so these were like chanted mantras, right? And um, so he was already like that. And then basically what happened is that in 2018, after I had the second girl, um, I realized, you know, Aaron couldn't do it all by himself. Like I, I tried not to go back in the company um, because he had overhired and did some interesting hires that basically made it so that the company wasn't making any profit at all. And we were going to have to close the company and then call it a day. Right. And, um, that was, that was 2019, um, or mid 2018. And then basically, um, so we went to the, what is it called? Growth con, I think growth con. There was a growth con where Grant does a really big event and, um, I came with him. And when I saw him speak and Elena speak, it really got us both on the same page. And it made me um, realize that I absolutely need to do this with him and I have to go all in. I can't just let it keep trying to let him do it and let him just handle it himself. Right. So I had to have extreme ownership myself. And um, yeah, so then I became very much. I, I love them. They're amazing people. They're helping many people. They're helping millions and millions of people do bigger and better things in their life. Okay. Nobody is perfect, right? Nobody, I'm not, nobody is. So everybody has their faults, but those, those two people are for the most part helping people by far, by far more than the majority of people in this world. So I love them very much and, um, they've helped, they've helped me to, uh, decide to go all in in the company and push and not stop and keep going and um now we want to give back Aaron Aaron's I'm helping him now he's he's making a course so that we can hopefully help others to sell well on Amazon as well I love it and I love how you showed up for Aaron to go to Grant Cardone's like 10x growth conference and it just it hit you like it inspired you to realize that your calling at that time was to be all in with Aaron on Zule Kitchen. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And from there, you guys pulled through and climbed the ranks to be a top 100 store on Amazon. So after that conference, what was it like pushing through the next few years? Well, that was kind of interesting when we've done, we've gone, we've almost lost the company, I guess, after that one more time. Um, but it was, it was interesting. So we had to scale. I had the first thing I was on a mission is to hire the correct people. And, um, because without the people, then we would, we would stunt our own growth. So, uh, I made the three most important hires that I ever made right after that event. And those people today are in are in executive positions within the company, and they've been with us for about five years, so wow. four and a half years. So that was pretty good. Um, but you know, we didn't always have a P and L. 
Now we have P&L. That was like a, a whole thing that happened three years ago. We almost went bankrupt, but we handled it. We had to put the payroll on our credit cards. Anyways, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. True. But it, it, there's always warrior and battle wounds. But if you keep pushing and you keep like handling why things are not going as well and you keep driving forward, you go up and up and up and up. It's kind of like Grant Cardone says, like, you want to create more problems so you have more problems to solve. Yes, always. Yeah, you don't want to be boring, right? More problems mean that you're growing and getting bigger. I need to remind myself that all the time, too, because that's really what long-term success looks like. You guys have been in the game for a long time, and you have the combination of family and business, and you just sounds like keep putting in new strategies. And let me ask you this one. Have you felt burnout at all while going through this, especially juggling the three children, little kids too? Well, you know, I think uh, the the idea or not the idea, the word burnout is a quite an interesting word to me because it's all in the state of mind, right? It's yep. all about how you look at it and how the person themselves look, looks at it. I wouldn't say that I've experienced burnout. Would I say that like even with or without the business, having children is not easy. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay. But I'm not going to ever say that I'm burnt, burnt out. Like that's like, I'm, I'm not going to ever quit. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to yep. keep going. I'm going to keep, this is a game. Life is a game, right? I'm here to play this game and win, right? If I think that, oh, I'm going to be burned out, that's like, that's like trying to say like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to make it. Bullshit. I'm going to make it. And if you have that kind of mentality that you're going to, you're going to have a burnout or, oh, I'm, I'm burnt out. I mean, what's the solution to that? Oh, go take a vacation. Well, even on a vacation with kids, that's a <laughs> burnout. Okay. So, I don't think it's a vacation, right? It's like a trip if the kids are there. That's right. So, but at the same time, it's all about how you look at it and how, how you look at those, those scenarios. So on a vacation with the kids, yeah, you could say that that's super hard and rough, but at the same time, you can look at it a different way. Hey, I have the opportunity to be on the, spend extra time with my children. This time period that is going to be very short. You can, it, it's all about how you look at things. Okay. I don't like the word burnout. Yes. It is a tough word, right? Cause, um, with work, it's like, you can always shift and do something else. And I think like with growing Amazon businesses, there's just so much going on that I've never felt burnout either. And I have, I feel your energy and your passion towards towards it. And I, I admire it and I love it. So what are you excited about for Zule Kitchen? Like what's the future? What it just is like so exciting that you want to like tell everybody about it? Um, well, I am extremely excited about the next level. And right now our, our, our mission and our passion is creating kitchen happiness for the world. Okay. And, um, we want the world to be a better place. We want everybody to be happy and doing well and um, creating memorable moments in their families. And in the kitchen is where you create, where you make food. And the process of making food is obviously a, 
It could be either a very uh, arduous activity or it could be a fun activity. And I want it to be a fun activity for people so that it, it creates happiness for them and also for the family. So, and we want to be, we want to be a billion dollar brand and it's not just about the money, but we want, we want to have the very amazing products and we're going to be getting into bigger products. So, um, these are, it's all very exciting. You know, I, I, I love our team. I also love our team. We have many people pregnant now. It's like, I, I love it. I love, I love having an amazing team and, um, create like having expansion everywhere around us and having people on the same, on the same page as us that want to go in the same directions. It's just a beautiful thing. And we can, we can we can provide jobs for people that are really incredible that, that have great goals and aspirations. I think it's, we're very lucky. I love that you look at it that way. You are very lucky. You've also worked very hard. And I just love the positive impact that you're making on the full cooking industry and especially on Amazon right? It's like you love cooking, spending time with your family, impacting other people's family. It's just all very, very beautiful. And it's so fitting that you picked kitchen as your category and you've been able to grow your family along with Zule Kitchen and your full brand. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's absolutely You're wonderful. So sweet. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I really love your story. And I was just so excited to like sit down and, and chat with you about all of this. And I love your passion. And I hope we get to do this again. When you guys hit your billion dollar goal or hundred million in sales, like I want to invite you back on because I'm loving this conversation. Okay, for sure. No problem. Let's do it. Let's for sure. The hundred million is going to be is like the next most immediate milestone, right? But but the thing is, is that we we always look higher, much, much higher than, than the most immediate goal, because otherwise that more immediate goal won't happen. At least that's what we've seen, right? So if you always go for, shoot for much, much higher than where you're, where, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. You want to say like, if it's somebody just starting out, if they want to build to a million, why not just make the goal 2 million? Because maybe they'll pass a million. Yes. Yes, exactly. Go big, go big or go home, right? I'm, I'm feeling like there's some inspiration from Grant's book in that where you just 10X everything. That is so true. I just feel it, it's helped us a lot. Yeah. Because if, I also had every single person in my company read Be Obsessed or Be Average. Smart. And it was like, I had like strict, definitely like, you guys get through this, definitely you got two weeks, max. Max. And you know, I could see if somebody didn't get through it in those two weeks, I mean, how committed are they to your company? Good point. That's a good test. I love that. Yeah, that's a really I'm good test. Saying. I'm just saying, right? Yes. All right, everybody listening, get the grant card down. I love the 10X book too, but you're right. Be average or be obsessed. Like that's like be obsessed, be average. That's, that's so good. We'll put the the link in the show notes so everyone can check out these inspirational books because I do remember reading them when I was building my first Amazon brand. And when I was having low times, I would listen to Grant Cardone in my car 
and it would get me kind of, it gets you kind of like revved up. Like you get like excited. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I love it. Well, Whitney, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to share or any advice for Amazon sellers just starting out? So there is one thing I want to mention, which I didn't mention. Yes. Thank you for asking, um, which I think will be helpful. Um, and maybe everybody already knows this already, but so in the very beginning of our company, the reason that we didn't, there was no quitting of jobs until three years into it was because every single dollar that was made in the company was being reinvested back into the company. And the purpose of that was to grow, to grow the company faster. And if we would have started taking out the money from the company on, let's say, month three, like any profit that was made, if we started taking it out, we wouldn't have been able to grow it, right? So this was all bootstrapped. This was all funded by us. No, there was no external funding. And the only way to do it, at, for us at least, was to re, um, reinvest every single profit, every single amount of any any money that was coming out of the company had to go right back into it for the first three years. And anybody who's starting out, like that's a that's a, a key point. And I don't want anybody thinking, oh, it's a get rich quick kind of deal because it's not. And that mm -hmm. is promoted somehow. And, and I think it's just not true. And I, I don't want people to have some false expectations on that. It's a good point. Yes, it is hard work. And I like that you're so open that you for three years put put everything back into the company. And and it's good that you and Aaron agreed on that. That can be tricky with business partners, um, even though you guys are husband and wife, but it's tricky. And we always, I always encourage people to do this on the side of their full-time job. If they have a full-time job, if you don't have a full-time job, then dig in and sell on Amazon, but it is great to start on the side and it will eventually replace your income, but you're right. It's not overnight. And and it's the pushing through and taking action almost, you know, every single week. Exactly. I yes. love it. Well, congratulations on your success to you and Aaron and your family and your entire Zule Kitchen crew. You all are absolutely inspirational and we wish you the best to hit all of your goals. And I'm going to go check out your store on Amazon and get some, uh, kitchen stuff. Cause now you've inspired me that I need to be cooking more. Thanks, Shaw. You're so sweet. Well, Whitney, until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Oh,